This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with a preschooler and a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two kids under six, and a baby on the way. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, what do you mean they don't want to be friends with you, baby? Plus, Tempest DuJour returns as guest host, and Biz has a special One Bad Mother announcement. Woo! Tempest gave it a roller coaster woo. I like that. That was a woo <laughs> Thank you for wooing with me. <laughs> I do appreciate it. Just, I just want to let everybody know we are welcoming this week as guest host. You may remember our guest host, drag superstar Tempest Dujour, aka Patrick Holt, a professional costume designer and professor at University of Arizona's School of Theater, Film, and Television from episode 176, where we talked about adoption and trusting yourself and fostering diversity in our homes and communities. And we are having uh, Tempest back to talk about how we feel when someone might not like our kids. Here's a hint how I feel. Fuck you, kid. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see how you weigh in. How are you, Tempest? Welcome back. I am living for your intro, first of all. <laughs> second of all, I'm living for your intro. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you? I am, I am fine. I am tired. I was telling uh, you before we started uh, that I am tired because uh, daylight savings time uh, has never been a thing for me, and this year it has been a thing for me, and it kind of fucking sucks. <laughs> that, that's it. That's what whiskey in a sippy cup is for. That's for sure. right. That's right. Mama needs her sippy. Mama, mama's little helper. It's a little, they should make sippy cups that say "Mama's little helper." Um, right. And that's it. And then we're just like grown ass people at Carline, fucking. <laughs> Sipping it. Uh, let's help. With a bendy straw. With a bendy straw, sure. Or the twirly, the swirl, the swirl <laughs> right. straw. The crazy straw. The crazy straw, which just from personal experience, uh, you get maybe four uses out of before it gets really gross. Uh, no matter. It gets a little crusty. It yeah. gets gross in there, guys. Don't Water, okay, but you start letting the kids drink milk. A couple of months later, you're like, why isn't anything getting through the straw? Oh, because it's full of awful. Um <laughs> Tell us, please, remind us all, uh, who lives in your house? Well, <laughs> as far as people are concerned, there's too many animals to start with. But <laughs> as far as human beings go, uh, I have a husband of 11 years. I have um, two adopted kids, a 10-year-old daughter mm-hmm. and a 6-year-old son. Oh, my gosh. They are in the sweet zone. Is that a sweet uh, zone? Sort of. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Nope, you're wrong. It's a matter of opinion, I'm sure. <laughs> well, well, what are the what animals do you have living in your house? I mean, uh, kids oh are God. great, but like, give me other stuff. Okay, but don't you, you swear not to judge because we're animal hoarders right now. I mean, are you it would appear hoarders? that we're hoarders, but okay. Well, we have four dogs. Okay. All rescues, though, so that's you know we've worn through those karma points already right. a long time ago. But <laughs> we've got those. We've got uh, two big macaw parrots. Okay. We've got about 15 chickens and about 10 pigeons in the backyard and an aviary full of uh, parakeets. Okay. All right. So we are a little zoo. We're going to stop. Hold on. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm going to, to me, I'm just like, birds are 
There are a lot. Now, it sounds like half of your birds or a majority of your birds are outside birds. Are they all outside? They're, they're, they're all outside except the macaws. And right. well, here, long story short, yes. my husband said it's the macaws or, or us. Right. <laughs> the rest of the family. <laughs> so I did a few months ago find a nice home for the macaws. And they went there for about three months. And then the guy that took them said, <laughs> calls one day randomly, says, I'm filing for bankruptcy and I can't take care of these macaws anymore. <laughs> but maybe your macaws uh, are, maybe your macaws are haunted. Maybe they are. <laughs> I, 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 or they're hoarding his money or something. That's so right. I don't know. So, so the macaws came back and the, and the house just went to turmoil again. Cause I'll, I'm not going to lie. They scream, yeah. uh, deafening screams and they're messy and they're sweet, and I know people are judging because they're like, well, you shouldn't have got them in the first place. But when I got them, I didn't have all these children and husbands and stuff. So it, it's, been a, it's, been a, it's been a thing with the macaws. Yes. I mean, they, and they shout the children's names, and they call the dogs. And, no. And my husband likes to cuss them, and I've said, this is going to come back and bite you in the ass. Yeah. They're going to start telling you to fuck off in yeah. a minute now. And, uh, you know, it's, what can I say? Peace. So it's peaceful. It's very relaxing. It's, it, yeah, it's a super quiet, <laughs> karmic, relaxing house. <laughs> so, uh, how are how's a ten and six year old? How are they? Give me a give me a general. I got a seven year old daughter, and we're gonna uh, she will be the focal point of a lot of the things I want to talk about today. Uh, and I have a three year old son, and uh, so. You know, and and they're as loud as two macaws. I guarantee it. I, oh, I'm sure of it. Yeah, Bless we your are. Part with a three year old. Yeah, we're loud. My kids are, my kids are. You know, they're crazy good. They could not be more opposite. My daughter is uh, African American. Well, she's mixed race. She's African American um, and and white, and she's deaf. And oh, that's right. Oh, so she doesn't give two shits about your birds. No, she could care less. She didn't hear the birds. She does. she loves <laughs> so, those birds. She's like, why is why is yeah, why is my other them. parent crying so much? <laughs> I love right, these right, birds. Right. Why is he throwing things in the other room? Right. And uh, and she's severely ADHD to, to just for the icing on the cake. Yeah. So she's got a lot going on. And then my son is like six years old. You know, like blonde haired all American. Everybody loves perfect child. Right. I say now. Right. So he's the one so you have to look out for. The topic today is so perfect. We've had, we've had such a struggle with, with, uh, with her and friends and being socially kind of, you know, fitting in and normal and whatever normal is. But right. So, so yeah, they're, you know, fifth grade and, and first grade and trucking along. Nice. Oh, nice. What? Oh, my God. Fifth grade. All right. I'm not going to derail. Uh, I'm yeah. going to I'm going to derail slightly to make a special one by mother announcement before we get into our amazing uh, topic today about what ha- like our kids and uh, how they make friends and do they have friends and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, but I need to announce that I hope everybody is sitting down or standing up or walking in Target, whatever your preference is at this time of day that you're listening to this. But it is official. One Bad Mother has a live show coming up, guys. It is really happening. One Bad Mother is going to be live at the Independent in San Francisco on April 29th. When you hear this show today, the tickets are going on sale at the IndependentSF.com. That is where you get it. Doors will open at 7. The show starts at 8. Tickets are $25. We're going to be 
celebrating the book launch. We're going to be out doing live stuff. We're going to have uh, amazing guests. We're going to have opportunities for you guys to share live genius and fails. We cannot fucking wait. So go and get your tickets right now. And then we can all be friends, unlike the problems that possibly my child is having now. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. All right, Tempest. Yes. Here, here's my first question. Let's sometimes on the show, I like to revisit our pasts before we get into uh, current things, because, you know, so much of, of my parenting uh, is weighed down by my own personal baggage. <laughs> Surprise. Right. As, as it's normal with most parents. That's right. So I'm going to ask uh, a couple of questions. I'm going to take you back. Uh, do you remember... What was your, like, at, I guess around elementary school age, let's try and keep it in that frame, if we can remember. Do you have memories of what your friendships were like? Were you a, I have one best friend, and that's it? Do, do you remember struggling with friends at that age? Uh, what do you, give me, get, take me back. Take me back. I had, I had a great, like, uh, I had a really lovely sort of storybook suburban upbringing. Right. Where, where I had a best friend across the street during most of my elementary years, who happened to be a girl, her name was Melissa, and we were, we were pretty tight. I mean, yeah. we played every day after school, and, uh, but I was a pretty social kid, too. I, I, I don't remember ever thinking I don't have any friends. Yeah. I, you know, I, I felt socially that I was sort of, you know, middle of the road, I guess. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, you know, I remember, I don't remember having, and surprise, everybody has different experiences. I don't remember, like, having per se a best friend around that first second grade mark i mean we didn't i didn't live near kids i mean i had friends I had, like you know i played with people but I, surprise surprise guys i may have been a bit of a boss and <laughs> I, I i believe some people may have left my home <laughs> i'm happy that i was uh trying to direct uh, do you think do you think you you do you feel like you missed out because you didn't have that i don't know I, you know i got to tell you i even as an adult I like I have friends, but I still not like a person who's like, oh, I have my best friend since high school or I have my, you know, like I have, I remember who my best friend was in high school, but like, and she and I, you know, connect maybe once a year or something, but like, I enjoy a variety of friends and I know that I can call on them when I need to. And I hope they know they can call on me when they need to, but I don't have that like, oh my God, it's two o'clock. I got to call you. We got to talk about whatever you know like i don't right yeah i mean so i don't feel like i necessarily missed out but this will play into sort of like i was also you know i was bossy and i was kind of a nerd so i was a not kind of guys (laughs) (laughs) awkward perm um perm short hair not good uh but the the point is is i feel like I just want to say, I want to set this like this little place as we get into our own children that I think the hardest thing I struggle with as a parent is sort of like these expectations of what, where my child should be developmentally uh, based on skewed personal memories, right? Things that I think I remember correctly, but 
but probably aren't. I, you know, I'm sure my memory is like I was watching certain movies and doing certain things at a certain age, but I probably was a year older than whatever I'm associating with that action, right? Like, oh, I was staying home alone at five. No, it's probably six or seven, right? Like it, <laughs> you, we yeah. skew sort of like uh, our childhood memories uh, by age. And then additionally, I just want to lay out there that uh, I think I have to constantly remind myself that they are my children and the children around my children aren't me and my friends. Right. Like, right. Which is really hard. <laughs> it is. But, but today is such a weird, you know, I was thinking about this subject because we live in such a different time than when we were kids. Mm-hmm. It's, it's sort of hard to compare, isn't it? I mean, it I know it's a cliche. Everybody likes to talk about this back then, but, right. but, but it's true. Like, and I can't even fathom like allowing my kids to walk on the street alone right now. I just, yeah. It, no. I mean, it's just a very different time, I guess, but. Or maybe I'm overprotective. <laughs> well, that's okay. <laughs> this is this is what I want to get into. All right. So now, flash forward to today, and our, we have children, and they're perfect. They're fucking perfect, everybody. <laughs> no way. It's them. Uh, and Katie Bell, I do not think she was always kind. Of, I'm going to use Katie Bell as my example because Ellis is three, and therefore not even socially developedly able. To like right. do these things, um, but uh, so Katie Bell's now seven, second grade, and she was always kind of a she was always very happy and content to do stuff by herself. Like in preschool, I'd go pick her up, and she was you know off playing by herself, very happy. I'd always kind of you know mildly check in without pressure. Hey, did you have a good day at school? And she's like, yeah, you know. And the teachers are all like, no, she's super happy. And uh, we got into kindergarten. And, you know, in first grade, she had like, you know, quote unquote friends. But if anybody came over, they were still developmentally not able to. It was about what do we each want to do? Not not that collaboration yet. They, they had not quite right. figured out collaboration. And now we're in second grade and there's been a girl that's been, you know, quote unquote, her best friend since kindergarten, who I loved. Great kid. But the other day, Katie Bell stays home from school. She says she's sick. And. You know, all right, fine. There's no fever. She's not vomiting, but she says she doesn't feel good. So uh, I let her stay home. The next day, she's clearly fine, guys. She was clearly not sick. Uh, <laughs> right. and, but so the next day, I'm taking her to school and I'm dropping her off, and she's hesitant as she's getting out of the car at drop off. And I say, You know, are you okay? And she says, Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And I was like, Are you sure? And she's like, Yeah, yeah. And I was like, Okay. And, you know, out she goes into the world. And that night, she and Ellis are in the tub uh, for their bath, and she's playing with, like, little figures. And I hear her say, I wish I had friends. And, you know, I turn around and I say, is that your character? Is that, are you telling a story, or is that you? And she says, it's me. And I say, oh, Okay. And like, I don't necessarily address it yet. Right. I just kind of like, listen. And then it hits me. Maybe that's why she didn't want to go to school. And I ask her that night, I say, are you struggling with, you know, how's your friend? So we'll call, we'll call her friend Francis. That was my mother's best friend growing up. Francis. We'll say Francis. I say, how are you and Francis doing? And she says, all right, but she hasn't been wanting to play with me recently. And you know, I go, okay. Um, all right, fine. 
why, what's happening, you know, anything happened. And she said, you know, she says she'll play with me. And as soon as we hit recess, she sees so-and-so and so-and-so, and and she runs off. Now, Francis may not be. I personally think Francis is not as emotionally as developed and mature as Katie Bell is. (laughs) Of course not. Of course not. Oh, beautiful not. and charming. Right. But, uh, you know, I mean, these kids are still having a problem communicating. You're right. Like, while, you know, I know I personally work with Katie Bell on, well, you need to express what you're feeling. You need to say that hurts my feelings, you know, can or, you know, I want to play. I say, why don't you go play with them? Why don't you just follow her and go play with her and the other two friends? Now, I don't like what they play. And I said, okay. So the story is coming to an end, I promise. But I say, so what I say is, all right, you know, you don't get to control your friends. You only get to control yourself. Uh, If she, there may be days where your friend doesn't want to necessarily play with you or, and that's okay. That that doesn't mean anything bad. Uh, And on those days, you need to decide, are you willing to adapt because you want to play with your friend and the other people she wants to play with? And do what they want to do and have fun doing it. Or you can go find somebody else to play with. Or, because she's a pretty social kid. You know, she's the kind of kid, you know, when I go pick her up, everybody's, everybody's like, bye, Katie Bell, bye. You know, like, I mean, no one's oh, throwing rocks at her. That's good. That's right. encouraging. I, I see all this stuff where people are constantly talking to her and all that stuff. Uh, I said, or you've just got to be, if you don't want to do what other people are playing, then you have to be okay reading a book. Nothing wrong. With wanting to be by yourself and reading a book. But, you know, you have to kind of, these are sort of your choices right here. And that is my very mature, responsible parenting thing to say to my child. And then I go to my husband and I say, what the fuck is wrong with these children? Right? So so that's sort of where we are. And then I'm going to, I want your take on this. And I hear your experiences because this is where I am. This is the big question I'm asking us today. And I'm going to wait for your experience. And the big question is, how much... Like, what I wrestled with the rest of the night was how much should I be involved? Like, how much do I guide? How much do I help? And I know she's okay, but she's struggling with, like, these dynamics. Do I I don't feel like I should be, like, all right, everybody get together. We're going to rap with mom today about how we should all be. You know, I mean, like, it's going to be, like, weird. I also don't want to, like, not give any guidance. My, look, my daughter is in a very similar situation where it's, she's had a series of best friends through through fifth grade now. And, um, and, you know, we'll always ask her, did you play with so-and-so today? No, she's, you know, we didn't talk today. Well, why not? And, and it's, I'm like you, I, I, I want to kind of go after the kids. (laughs) 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 What's wrong with you? Because it can't possibly be that my child is possibly takes after her own mother and is a fucking boss. (laughs) Right. But, but, in reality, I know it is probably mostly my daughter. Mm. <laughs> so, right, right. <laughs> because she's just, she's just, first of all, the ADHD thing with her is, I mean, she's medicated, so um, <laughs> otherwise she just couldn't function. She's so severely ADHD. Right. And, and she's just, it's weird because as a small child, as an infant and toddler, she was so socially like crazy. She would walk up to random strangers yeah. in public and go through their purses and, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. She had no fear of people. Right. Which really scared us. Yeah. And and then as she got into elementary school, it's been tough for her. It's the same sort of thing. Like uh, she calls someone her best friend and then, you know, a few weeks later, oh, that's not my best friend anymore. Right. And and it, it, it kills me. It tears me up inside to think of her like 
not having friends. Right. And, and, and she's at this place now where I have to tell you this experience. We just had this like about two weeks ago where I started getting these confirmation emails on my, uh, in, uh, on my uh, Gmail account, like confirming this site and this site and this site and this site. My daughter was getting up in the middle of the night and going online on my computer, my laptop, uh-huh. and registering for dating websites. <gasps> oh, and my God, until, I'm not ready for any of this. <laughs> I know, but, but I, 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 I had to explain to her the whole issue of, you know, that's dangerous, blah, blah, blah. But I said, what, why are you doing this? She says, well, I just want a boyfriend. I said, friends or boyfriends? Yeah. She said, both. And it tore my heart I out. Know. I mean, that, that she would, first of all, how does she know to do this? But right. but that she's desperate enough that she would do that is is frightening and um and, and just you know it makes me so sad yeah and I just I feel like you know but I'll tell you I went to her teachers and I said look is she like you know is she alone all day or is she yeah. you know does she interact and they said no she's interacting but she as you know they <laughs> they say <laughs> right with Mimi my daughter as you know Mimi has issues with you know, empathy and, and wanting things her way and not wanting to share. And that's something we've had to work with her a lot. And I think this is typical with my, my situation might be more complicated because she came out of the foster system too. Right. As a, as a very young, you know, we, we got her at about two, right. She's about to turn two years old, but even then, you know, the, the therapists tell me that she's, you know, it's embedded in you at that point that you've been passed around. Right. And and so I, I don't know if that complicates it. I for a while I blamed it on that, and I'm like, well, that doesn't help her to blame it on you being a foster kid. Right? Does it make you have friends? So, you know, we we try really hard with her to develop or help have her understand the social skills that are necessary, and mo- mostly with empathy and sharing. And I, I think that her her instinct is always like a feral animal. It's like grab all the food I can and take it. You know or grab everything I can and take it to me because I don't know when yeah. I'll have it again. Well, see, this is what's so interesting because, like, I think <clears throat> because you have this extreme case of the empathy, at, like the need to develop empathy and the need to, you know, play with others because, like, I look at Katie Bell and I look at her friends and it, it's that same thing. They're this Developmentally, empathy comes much later. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, for a lot of kids, not all kids, you know, Ellis... Last year, we were reading, like, a lost pumpkin story. It's, like, five-page uh-huh. hard book, whatever, and the pumpkin rolled. It's, like, whatever. And he starts hysterically crying in the middle of reading this book about this pumpkin. And I'm, like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? Like, I, it caught me so off guard. And he's, like, the pumpkin's lost. And I'm, like, you are, too. Like, you have never been in a lost situation, right? Like, and right. that really threw me because Katie Bell is kind of the opposite of that, right? Like, she's, like, good, pumpkin's gone. Like, no, <laughs> she's not. Well, she's that, not. She's not. That is exactly my situation too my son who is only six now but has always been incredibly sensitive and empathetic yeah it's so well it's so and you know yeah it's really weird and so like i think what's tough about this whole like early elementary school age is i feel like i want to say to make myself sleep better at night that when you see the two kids who have connected as like best friend style or you know the three or four kids that you know have connected and seem to play really well together all the time that that's yeah. the abnormal <laughs> that's the anomaly right and that everybody else right. is still sort of dealing with you know empathy and how to you know I, I can't tell you how many times a friend will have come over 
and they will hit a deadlock because, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I want to do. Well, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Well, fucking make uh, a decision. Fucking, there yeah, are cards. Yeah, this right. room is full of garbage. Like, play with right. it. Um, you know, I don't know if this was a mistake or not earlier on, but but at the beginning of elementary school, my daughter had uh, this best friend that she connected with right away and hung out a lot. And we actually steered her away from this girl because mm-hmm. this girl, through investigation, came from a very chaotic situation and right. family. And and we kind of steered her away from this girl because maybe we're just being too overprotective. And now I realize, was that like the wrong thing to do? I mean, did we do we screw her up by doing that? Saying, well, that's maybe there's better friends to have. And, you know. Well, no, that's interesting. We had two, a couple of weeks ago, we had Nicole Blades was on and we were talking about what do you do if you don't like the friends of your kids, right? right? And and that and that was a question of like, how imbo- do you just let these things sort of evolve as long as it's not dangerous, or do yeah. you? And you know, and the answer is who the fuck knows? And exactly. I, I, I don't know. So how how involved are we supposed to be? Is my question. How involved should we be? Because I'm really torn about how to help her and eventually Ellis one day with with this because no one uh, stuff in There's keep, no guidebook. I mean no, I'm sure there are but I know but like I don't do want to be the parent who like suddenly becomes that parent who is like overly involved like in a way yeah. that's not helpful. You know, like does that whole debate how many mistakes do you let them make? Uh do you let them make right. mistakes only after you've sort of given them the foundation? You know, none of us were impervious to lonely nights and not being called and uh not having a best friend for a while or somebody doing super shitty to us at some point in time. Everybody has those sort of experiences. And again, we're not even talking fucking high school yet. I don't want to even think about it. Um, right. And those You know, make it's us- interesting. I, I think that, like, for me, it's a matter of, you know, if, if my daughter was in a situation where, where she never spoke of friends and I felt like she, she legitimately didn't have any friends, right? I, that's a big red, big red flag for right. me. That's when I get scared. But I think it's kind of normal to, like, at this point, sort of figure out who your friends are and why they're your friends and why you want them to be friends. And I think it's okay to... But this is that interesting, because I was listening to an interview, a radio interview yesterday with Sarah Jessica Parker, yeah, and who I don't hold in any great esteem, but she had some wise <laughs> words. She said that... <laughs> Take you know, that, Sarah Jessica! <laughs> but, but she made this comment about with, with kids and letting them uh, wallow in their sadness yeah, instead of telling them everything's going to be okay. Right. And And I love that idea of them being able to develop their own coping mechanism with, yes. with maybe they do want, like my daughter obviously wants friends, but, but I can only tell her so much, you know, what she needs to do to get a friend. And, right. You know, what point do we intervene? I guess is like, I don't know what more I can tell her. I don't, I try to take her to things where she can be social and see other kids and interact the children's museum or the zoo or the yeah. thing, you know, where children are interacting but I don't know that we can ever force them to ever be happy or have friends in the first place, you know? Well, I know. And that's fucking frustrating. But, like, that does exist, this pressure, I think, on parents to make sure that their kids are liked. And I'm like you. I, I, I really like that you went and asked the teacher because when Katie Bell had said that to me about I don't have, you know, 
I don't have a, a friend, like a best friend or whatever. You know, my alert bells went off, but we had just gotten a report card home and the, her teacher had said, you know, she really gets along with her peers. She really supports them. And I'm in the class a lot volunteering. So, like, I see. Oh, so you know it. You see it. Yeah, I see it. I mean, all the kids are pretty all right. I think she's actually in a class of pretty okay kids. You know, like, there's no one's really an asshole in that class as right. far as I can tell. I, I, I think if... If I legitimately did not see her having any friends or if I thought people were like bullying, like, you know, just being mean, uh, that would be a different that would be a different story. And a lot of it, like you said, a lot of it is her. And that is true, guys, for everything in our lives. I can remember my sister saying this to me and I wanted to turn around and hit her, but she was right. And that was the only person you can change is yourself. You cannot make the other people be what you want them to be. And I feel like that's the thing I want to, like, knowledge bomb onto my children early, right? So that they don't wrestle. You know, like, if you are unhappy that no one wants to play what you want to play, then your choice is to be by yourself or figure out how to play what other people like. You might enjoy it. But don't you think it's so much of a crapshoot, too? Because I remember being told all this stuff. (laughs) <laughs> all my life and you know what I mean <laughs> it wasn't until my 30s when it kind of sunk in well sure you know? and, but I guess it, it's to file it away is better than not having the information at all so you know it I, is a crapshoot no you're 100% it, right and it is 100% of a crapshoot is your kid growing up in the world like in the school in the town where these best friends for life take hold uh, or you find your true love or whatever or is she of the more my journey where you're going to pick up friends as you go through life and there's an evolution obviously that you know at my age in my you know middle age at this point my yeah. late 40s I feel like you know, one or two good friends is perfect. Yes. I don't need 15. And But it seems to be the opposite when you're elementary school age. It yeah. feels better to have 15. <laughs> right. You know, and it's hard to convince a child that one or two is okay. <laughs> well, right. So I, I guess I guess the only thing we've really concluded is we're powerless to help our children. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> that we're useless as parents. That we're useless as um, parents. No. <laughs> no. No, I think it's, you know, I, I think the smart thing for parents, hopefully, to do is, is to be observant. I yeah. think, you know, it, it uh, you know what, I, I think of, um, God, this is, I'm going to turn this so depressing really quick. Oh, please. But my, I, I think of my brother's best friend in high school. My little brother had this best friend who, you know, just, who, who committed suicide randomly one day. And it was, it was like no one, no one saw it coming as so often is the case. And, and I think, uh, God, like, would it have taken, like, one person to say one thing? I mean, if if that's all I can be, then let me be that in my kid's life. Not, I mean, not to take it to an extreme of suicide, but but I see, you know, I'm a college professor, so I see, you know, 18 to 21-year-olds yeah. every day who are depressed. Yeah. It's obvious they're depressed. They, it's obvious they come from a horrible situation somewhere, if, even if it's just in their mind. Right. And And, you know, I can't save everybody, but... But uh, what's it going to take, and, and will it make a difference? It's, it's such a struggle. But I think being being available is no is, I, is the key, right? I, I think you're right. I think you know every time I get super lost with the kids and like what I'm supposed to be doing, I just go back to like you know how did my sister and I wind up who we are, 
You know, we weren't, yeah. again, and I think back to my parents who just, you know, every fucking day, you know, they said, I love you and there's nothing you can do that will ever make me stop loving you. And I, so when I lose my way, I just make sure I'm saying that to the kids every day. There's nothing you can do. And as Katie Bell gets older, it gets more specific. There's nothing you can do if you ever find yourself, you know, in a dangerous situation or if you ever feel like you've lied to us or if you felt like you've kept a secret and now you want to tell us there's nothing you can do that will make us stop loving you. You know, those words will all, I mean, I don't think you, I, I think I, I, you know, amen to your thoughts about telling your kids, uh, you know, about unconditional love. I think that's, they'll always have that to come back to if there's nothing else. Right. And I don't think you can say it too much. I don't believe in saying, I love you too much. Yeah. Your kid. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just, I, I mean, I think of as, as a grown man coming out to my parents mm-hmm. and my father in his seventies telling me, doesn't matter. You can say nothing to me. They won't make me. It will make me stop loving you. Right. And as a grown man, that was that meant so much to me. And, you know, I, and he said that to me my whole life. Yeah. And he was a very conservative Southern gentleman who, you know, ended up with a big drag queen gay <laughs> kid. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, but God, what a difference it made in my world, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, so, so let's just say that if we look at ourselves, then, then, that's, then, then maybe our kids will survive. <laughs> whatever ups and downs they have to go through. And if not, we'll go beat up some seven-year-olds. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not ashamed. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Warby Parker. Warby Parker is a new and unique way to get your glasses. I myself have gone through the process of going online, trying glasses on that way. They sent me five glasses to try on, easily was able to return it, and I'm the worst at returning things. And I have a pair of cool sunglasses now from Warby Parker. And here's the thing. Because I have a prescription that cost me an ungodly amount, even with insurance. Glasses only start at $95 on Warby Parker, including the prescription lenses. So for every pair you buy, a pair is also distributed to someone in need. Order five pairs of glasses, try them on for five days. There's no obligation to buy. Ships free and includes a prepaid return shipping label. All you have to do is head to warbyparker.com slash badmother to order your free home try-ons today. And after you head to warbyparker.com slash badmother and place your home try-on order, make sure to download the Warby Parker app from the iTunes store. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Tempest. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Well, there's so much to choose from. I know. Um, you're doing a fabulous <laughs> job. We can start with the chickens. Go ahead. <laughs> Not really. This was a struggle for me. And, and, and I, I'm going to bring it back to me. 
Good. And I don't know how genius this is, but this is for parents <laughs> like me and you. Uh, here's my genius moment of the week. Um, my 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 husband is, is a vegetarian. My daughter announced last week that she's vegan mm. because God knows she saw it on TV or something. I don't know. I, no, we're we are going through this in our house. Mm. Go ahead. Are you? And Please my, help my me. My son, <laughs> right? My son just says, um, "Pigs are delicious, Papa." <laughs> so he's he's on my team. <laughs> And, and and I've been struggling in the last week, honestly, like cooking for the vegetarian, for yeah. the vegan, for the pig lover, yes. myself. And I finally said, fuck this. Yes! <laughs> you guys can make your own goddamn food. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making a meal every night, and it's a damn good meal. Yes. And it's a home-cooked, wonderful meal with fresh ingredients. Yes, <laughs> yes. And you guys can choose to eat it or not. <laughs> but I did that for me. And to me, that was my genius moment, to... to you know, not spend four hours in the kitchen at night making four different meals. Yes. To, to know that I'm doing a good job and an okay job providing a good, healthy meal for this family, and they can eat what parts they want. Very, very good job. And this is foreshadowing a failure of mine to come. My genius is I asked for help this week. I am, this should no longer be genius, guys. It should not be a genius when we reach out and ask for help. <laughs> but it is because we're all screwed up. Uh, so uh, halfway through the week last week, I started to feel not 100%. I also randomly had my physical that same day, and they took blood, and I clearly hadn't eaten enough. So between not feeling well and that, I just like got hit with this wave of nausea. And no, I am not pregnant, everybody. I'm not doing that again. I said, uh, I just like was like driving was making me feel nauseous. Like everything was like super off. And I still had to go. I'd already been in the car for like 40 minutes coming from the doctor to pick up my son who's on one side of town to then go all the way to the other side of time to pick up uh, my daughter. And it's, you know, so it's March in Southern California. So it was 90 fucking degrees yesterday. I mean, that day. And I, I was like, I am going to actually ask for some help. Uh, so I first text my good friend whose son is in the same after school thing with my daughter. And I was like, hey, any chance you can just bring them home? Turns out she couldn't. That's OK. But I asked. And then my poor husband, like the, he had like a, a cocktail party after work. And I was like, yeah, I totally go do it for like weeks. I've known it's coming. And about like two hours into the cocktail party, I texted and I was like, I can't. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I am not seeing straight and I really am gonna just be vomiting and I'm so sorry and he came home he was great but I just while I ruined several people's lives that day I asked for help so bravo thank you thank you they'll survive we all survived somehow this is a freaking genius you guys I'm not even kidding I am sitting here in the dark in my bedroom my son lost his third tooth, and I found that freaking tooth under his pillow. Of course, he had to put it way, 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 way deep under his head. And I, he lives, and he sleeps in a loft bed too. By the way, thank goodness he's a heavy sleeper. But oh my god, I am climbing up at his loft bed. I am climbing up on a chair to get this dang tooth. To give him like I don't know, I gave him like eight dollars, oh and I found the tooth, and he didn't wake up. It's a genius because I looked so ridiculous 
the lengths I went to find that tooth under his pillow. Oh, I just had to get that out there. Thank you very much. You guys are doing such a good job. And um, I'm so glad I found that tooth because I don't want to have to deal with that in the morning. All right. That's all. I love you guys. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You are incredible. Here's This is, okay, Tempest. As, 80 uh, bucks a tooth. I know, $8. Dollars. Jesus, you got a good neighborhood. That's a good, because we tell Katie Bell that, like, uh, there are different tooth fairies that work different neighborhoods, so that's why people get different <laughs> stuff. But I'm like, damn, we all need to be at the $8 tooth fairy neighborhood. You, you need, madam, you need to be left $8 for all that work. That was awesome. And here's what I like the best uh, for longtime listeners of the show is like to imagine when people are calling these things in. And this woman, it's like what, two in the morning? She says it's the middle of the night. So to me, that's like anytime <laughs> after 10 o'clock, she's just laying in a dark bedroom, like with the cell phone. She's like, I just have to tell you. I- I feel so good that I have gotten this dude. Like, that is hilarious to me. That's genius. I was picturing the whole thing in my mind. Yes, you I not? just fucking love it. I, you are doing an amazing job. Now, failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, please, Tempest. Uh, okay. This will get me hate mail. But. <laughs> God. <laughs> Okay, as previously stated, both my children are adopted, and, uh, and we are uh, two men raising children, <clears throat> so they have no mother in the house. Well, recently, the expression <laughs> of my son has been, your mother or your mama. Where, is, where did they pick that up? Anyway, go ahead. I said, where do you get this? And he says, well, the older kids at school. And I said, of course, the right. same ones that taught you every incantation of the F word right. last year when you were in <laughs> kindergarten. So... So uh, he goes, well, they keep saying it to me. Your mama, your mama, your mama. I said, well, here's what you do, Augie. You say, joke's on you, sucker. I don't have a mother. <laughs> and, and, and I thought that was kind of funny and genius in the moment. Yes. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, I probably just fucked him up oh. really bad. <laughs> that. <laughs> so I, that was probably my failure, worst failure of the week. I love that. I remember Katie Bell was like four years old and she, or three, and she's at the preschool. You, you and I are the same parents. She's at the preschool and there's like a tire swing and there's kids on the tire swing. And she comes home one day and she's like, uh, they called me a baby. And I was like, who did? And she's like, you know, the kids who are a year older, like the four-year-olds. Anyway, uh, <laughs> called her, I bet you can't swing because you're a baby. And I said, I said, well, you just tell them you're the baby, baby. Right, like you she was like, she's like, no, I really shouldn't do that. And I was like, you're probably right. Fair enough, because my mother and I both are like of the mindset of like, well, first you hit them, and then you say you're a baby, right? But anyway, uh, that she's much better person than my mother and I combined. Uh, well, you've totally screwed your child up. Good job. Good job. Well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> now whatever. It was coming regardless. That's but. right. Uh, okay. Many of you guys uh, heard me several months ago share a similar genius to the one that Tempest just shared, where I was like, I'm fucking done. I have a three-year-old who doesn't want to eat anything, but I get fruit in him every day. So usually I'm like some sort of protein and a fruit, and I'm good, right? And they're all easy ones. They're not things I'm going to fucking cook, like fucking fish sticks or grilled cheese or like cheese and then some fruits, right? And then my daughter... Is it keeps going back and forth between normal, like like, like eating a uh, not normal eating. <laughs> I'm an asshole. Eating 
everything to being a pescatarian. It comes and goes. And then I am cooking for everybody, and my husband doesn't get home till really after dinner, so there's no point making anything that nice because it's not like, like here's a beautiful roast. It's going to be fucking freezing cold when you get home, and only two of us are going to eat it. So, like, I was finally like, fuck this, just like you. I'm like, here's your fucking fish sticks and blueberries, and Katie Bell, you can have what I'm having or fucking pasta, and I'm going to have, like, I'm going to make for me every night. Okay. The failure of this is I realized, and I was very, like, satisfied in particular with how I was treating the toddler. His palate will develop. Life will go on. It's fine. But now we have really entered in the, like, the cheese is no longer an option. The fruit or vegetables on the dinner plate, no longer an option. I sneak him in in other places. But, like, at dinner, it's like he wants a yogurt or fish sticks. And, like... (laughs) I should, I, I, I'm, ha- my failure is I'm having a hard time keeping my mantra of like, that's cool. You can have fucking fish sticks. I don't care. <laughs> fucking bread and jam for Francis. Like I can't right now. I'm more like, this is becoming really depressing. And have I, because I'm trying to be cool and be that parent who's like, offer them the food and they will develop on their own. Don't force them. Like I'm really trying to adhere to that. But the other part of me is like, you will eat a fucking three tomatoes to unlock <laughs> dessert. Right. Like I just feel like I basically, my failure is I feel like dinner has once again returned to the dark forest. That haunts my life. So there you go. There you go. It's, That's it. It's stick follies at your house. It is. It's fucking that. fish sticks follies. I really hope those are healthy. Hi, Biz and Teresa. This is a fail. I did not read the instruction manual to the fucking double stroller. <laughs> and now I am too angry to try to read the instruction manual to the double stroller and cannot get the second seat to attach. (sighs) Literally seething with rage in the garage while all three of the children that I'm keeping, my child and the two I nanny, are all napping and I have wasted almost, which I'm, or, or not even almost, probably the whole entire nap time, which never happens all at once trying to get a fucking stroller to work because I need outside time to keep my sanity, except for I don't think we're going to get outside time, and I definitely don't have my sanity today. Uh, yeah, so uh, send, uh, send some help for this, this stroller or, or maybe an extra baby carrier because, you know, why not strap two children to you and have a third one hold your hand? Okay, thanks. You guys are doing a great job, and I love the show, and... <laughs> okay. I, I, what makes this so amazing, given how many times we have people call with like just can't assemble things, is the sheer honesty of I didn't fucking read it, and now I'm so angry I can't read it. It's like I, it, it put me into like an IKEA panic. Yes, like trying to put together yes. IKEA shit. Why? Why is my shelf upside down? It is not my fucking fault. I have fucking... Everybody's clothes are on the floor. That is where your clothes will be. Well, madam, you're doing a horrible job uh, just even barely being a person not reading your instructions. Uh, You're doomed to being inside all day. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone.
One Bad Mother is supported in part by Lyft. I'm going to tell you guys about a smart way to earn extra money and get a little extra $500 bonus driving with Lyft. It's a ride-sharing app that lets you be your own boss, pick your own hours, and earn up to $1,500 a week driving your own car. No, this does not count as alone time. <laughs> Sign up today at lyft.com slash badmother. And right now, Lyft has a special offer for our listeners. You will get a $500 new driver bonus after you complete 100 rides within 30 days. So all you have to do is go to lift.com slash badmother today so you can start making extra money and get your $500 new driver bonus. Now look, limited time only and restrictions apply, of course. But again, that's lift.com slash badmother. Do you know what we did haven't done in a while, and for you, ever, because you're just co-hosting for the first time on the show? We should call a mom and what we're going to do is we are going to call and check in on Teresa. Let's do it. Yes. Ring ring. Hello Teresa. Hello. <laughs> how how are you? You are you sound like you're outside in the world. <laughs> I'm totally outside in the world. I'm uh trying to trick my brain into feeling happy by uh, surrounding myself with the no- noises and sounds of nature. And my voice? And my voice. Call! Call! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean by talking to you. <laughs> I am the most natural thing you'll ever hear. Um, <laughs> do you have the baby with you? Do you have the baby with you? Or are you just out by yourself? Of course I do. Of course I do. <laughs> so how, how is... Of course you do for the rest of your fucking life. How is... Yeah. This is the, now, I mean, I'm just, just I'll be totally derail. I'm already like, yeah, I'm the person with the second kid who barely let my second kid ever walk. <laughs> he touched the ground for three years. Uh-huh. I, I'm like, uh-huh. oh my God, Curtis may like live on your back or on your front, like until he's 20, which yeah. might happen. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It'll like, be interesting. I mean, I definitely struggled to walk with Oscar. Yeah. But I think maybe for this, I don't know what I was doing when Oscar was five weeks old, but. Uh, Curtis is so little. Yeah. Um, and my parents are in town, so the other children are accounted for. Nice. Um, so it was just like, it just seemed very natural to get out and go for a walk with him right now. Um, but I make no promises for what this means for tomorrow or the next day. <laughs> you, well, we all know that with Curtis, everything's going to be all right, all right, all right. It's okay. Oh, that's that's very true. That is That's very true. true. Uh, how are you hanging in there? We are the five weeks, five weeks. Yes? Yeah, we're at the five weeks. I mean, the past week has been a little hard just because, like, my neck is all fucked up now. Yeah. You know, how yeah. that happens. And, um, and then I also, I finally got sick. Like, I finally <laughs> got a cold. But, I mean... It it obviously sucks, but in a weird way, I'm like kind of relieved because I haven't been sick in like six months. Yeah, <laughs> and I know I I know I like deserve that because I had like horrible like the last like three winters in our house has been a complete oh, yeah. nightmare. But like this winter, I really didn't get sick the entire winter, and like my kids didn't really either, and so I've been a little bit like like what's going on like are we all about to like die from the plague like what's (laughs) happening like why are we not like it's just weird and so Dusty and I both came down with a cold the same day um 
and <laughs> whatever. I don't know. It's hard. Like, there's three kids, so yeah. everybody needs something at all times. I don't right. know. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds sounds great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it's not, but there's no, like, special, like, well, right. surprise. It's a lot of work. Right, right. Yeah, there's no big special surprise takeaway. Right. Yeah. You have three kids now. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, my dogs, you know. Yeah. My dogs. Oh, my God. Like, really? (laughs) I mean, they need stuff, too. (laughs) Well, but it's so, like, it's what it reminds me of that, like, you know, camp song ending where it's, like, second verse, same as the first, a little bit louder and a hell of a lot worse. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That is Exactly what this is. Oh my God. You're a genius. That is exactly what this is. It really yeah. is. But you know, yeah. here's the thing. Nailed everybody it. everybody still wants to sing the song. But like but there's, oh, yeah. but there's an honest truth about it. There really is. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh. But uh, and then I'll just I'll just throw in there just to make everybody um uh, go insane and think that they should have more kids, but like a five week old baby is also like the most delicious thing that you've ever seen. Like <laughs> he's just like so he's a little peanut and he smells like the best thing you've ever smelled and he's like so soft and I mean that is uh and you can't like bottle it up, you know. No you no have to just like sit there and go like, okay, I'm going to miss this pretty soon. I know, I know. It'd be creepy if you could, but I do also know, like, that would be, I know, when you come back on, we have so much to talk about when you come back on, because, like, I for sure have been, like, dying to get you back in the booth to talk about, like, I'm finally settling into the feeling of it slipping away. What? Right? Like, I can feel it start to really slip away. And and it's a thing. That's a, I got the feels. Um, Oh, yeah. But but I think that actually segues nicely into the fact that you will be returning very soon. Uh, Yeah, I'm excited to come back. Yes. Next week is going to kick off the 2017 Max Fun Pledge Drive. Which is it, awesome. It's the Max Fun Drive. Yeah. And it's, it's when... Yeah, it's always fun. It's always fun, and we always do cool things. And the fact that we have Corin Tucker on next week yeah. is pretty major. Yeah, like, we have Corin Tucker. That. And yeah. not only do we have Corin Tucker on, we, the show is coming to you from the past. We actually yeah. time travel... Right. We time travel yeah. for the kickoff week of the Max Fun Drive, guys, uh, which yeah. is a big deal. So here are the things you have to look forward to. Uh, one, uh, the show's going to come out early. You're welcome. You're welcome. You don't have right. to wait till the end of the week next week uh, for the for the first show of the Max Fun Drive. Uh, so it's going to come out early to get you super pumped to to become a new or up your sustaining membership. There are all kind of cool gifts for new and upgrading members. The whole theme is friendship, guys, which is like, oh, all right? I mean, I don't think there could be one that's more connected to One Bad Mother than that. I mean, there's like a One Bad Mother cool pin. There's like mugs. Who doesn't like a mug? There's, there's uh, stationary sets for One Bad Mother listeners to start pin palling with each other. It's all kind of really fun stuff. Plus, there's going to be a Global Max Fun Meetup Day. All kind of exciting stuff. And it is the best time to become a member or increase your support for your, for your favorite show. <laughs> 
one bad mother. Uh, Teresa's got a new mouth to feed, guys. Yeah, help me feed this tiny mouth. <laughs> help her bottle up. That baby scent. So again, the start, the drive starts on March 20th, and it's only going to last for two weeks. Uh, this is the time to do it, guys. You can find out more at MaximumFun.org for details. And I cannot fucking wait to be back in this booth. That's going to be the real gift, is being back in this booth with fucking Teresa. So next week, uh, it's going to be the, the show from the past. The show from the past. And then, <laughs> and then the very next week, we are back live together in a booth together. We're going to hang the One Bad Mother quilt banner up that you guys made us. We are going to have so much. It might be. It might have to be a five-hour show. You're welcome, guys. <laughs> I think we're going to need wine, Biz. I think we might need... 10, 11, 10 o'clock, 10.30 in the morning wine. That's for... for or maybe champagne or something that, is more what, appropriate. Does I don't it know. even it's matter? It's going to be celebratory. It's going to be celebratory. Uh, and we're also going to be talking about how to not hate our husbands. <laughs> so, yes. Oh, my God. It's, it's going to be good. It's going to be a good two weeks. So do join us for that. And, Teresa, thank you so much for, over these last couple of weeks, letting me call you uh, and interrupt your forest and check in on you. I really <laughs> appreciate it. Thank you for calling me. I appreciate you checking in on me. <laughs> and I, I'm so excited <laughs> to say this. I'm going to talk to you next week. <laughs> Yay! Yay! All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Ben, we've been accused of so many things over the course of making The Greatest Generation, the Star Trek podcast, that we're a little bit embarrassed to be making. That is right, Adam, but the one accusation that will never stick is the sickening implication that our show is in the pocket of Big Rod. As in Gene Roddenberry. We are not affiliated with Roddenberry, and that is why we are free to subject Star Trek to zingers, twangs, rib jabs, and all different kinds of jokey insults. That's right, Ben. The Greatest Generation is the people's Star Trek podcast, and Big Rod only wishes we were their puppet. No puppet! No puppet! If you want the untainted opinions of two guys who suffer pangs of shame every time they weigh in on Star Trek in this weirdly public forum, go to MaximumFun.org or search for The Greatest Generation in your podcatcher. Well, that was fun, wasn't it? That was more fun than forcing my children to eat fish sticks. That, that is a good bar just in general for, for all comparisons of all things. Uh, what's also incredibly fun is to listen to a mom have a breakdown. <laughs> so uh, let's listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hi, one bad mother. This is definitely a rant or a breakdown. I don't even know. I'm just... I'm supposed to be I'm supposed to be getting ready to go to my dad's birthday party. And I don't want to go. I'm just I'm so exhausted. I'm so tired of hearing children's voices. I just need some time alone and I feel like I never get any alone time and I it's like oxygen and I'm just suffocating. And I I told my husband I need I need some time to myself. And he was like, oh, you should go away for the weekend with your mom and your sister. No, I need some time alone. 
and I know that I'm sucking as a mother, and I'm yelling, and I'm and I'm frustrated, and I'm not meeting their needs well because I'm so irritable that I just can't. I just can't get a minute alone. I don't know what else to say. <sighs> Thanks. Bye. Okay. First of all, you're doing a really, really good job. Okay? Uh, and I want us to talk about alone time for a second because it is incredibly important. And I... I think when you get to that place where you definitely haven't had it for a long time, it's even harder to communicate that with the people around you. Because like, like for example, your partner's like really good suggestion of, hey, why don't you take a weekend with your mom and your friend or your sister? Because like, those are probably people that you normally like. <laughs> like those are people you probably would enjoy spending some time with. But, but you're already to that point where like, no, 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 no. I need total alone time because I get this way too I really need to be by myself and to be honest I want to be by myself in my house I don't want to go out to a restaurant and sit by myself I mean I don't mind doing it but that's not filling that need but that's really hard to get everybody else out of your house so that you've got the time to be by yourself with stuff that you like and then there's also a weird confusion of well why don't you just go like we'll stay outside or you go into the room and hang out by yourself. It's still not enough. This call is so good to me because it's, it's so easy to assume that wanting time by yourself is the same thing as self care. And I think it's even more because if you haven't had a lot of time to yourself, the moment you get it, and we've talked about this before on the show, you're going to blow the first hour to two hours of it because you haven't been by yourself in so long that, you panic. <laughs> like you like, I, am I supposed to clean? Am I supposed to uh, read a book? Am I supposed to go do that shopping I really wanted to do? Am I supposed to watch that television show I've wanted to watch? Am I supposed to veg out? Ah, and then three hours have gone and everybody's coming in the house. And you're like, oh, I didn't get anything done. I don't feel relaxed, right? It is like oxygen. And just having one shot of it isn't enough to fill that need. You know, I, Tempest, do you, do you, have you gone through this? Do you, do you, can you? Oh my gosh. I might, yeah, uh, so many times, especially early on when it, when I yeah. first had my kids and yeah. no one warns you. Yeah. No one, and, and even if they did, they, no one could accurately describe that feeling of being overwhelmed and like the oxygen's being sucked out of you. Yeah. It's, it's hard. And, and I mean, I, you know, the new parents always have that guilt of, Yep. when I walk away from my kids, but you have to do that to survive. It's, but it's, and here's the thing is I am, I have a seven year old and a three year old. I still consider myself a new parent. And the, <laughs> I, I can honestly say that because I wrestled with that guilt so often at the beginning, it is even harder now when we have more flexibility and freedom to give me that alone time to ask for it and take it because I set up the pattern of not asking for it. Or I set up the pattern of asking for it. And then when it started to fall apart, being like, it's all right, fuck it. I, I'm here. Right. Like I'm in. Right. Like it's right. and that's a really difficult uh, thing to establish because you're fighting the guilt of, of, of asking for something like that. And then you're fighting 
the just inherent nature of parenting and relationships to demand it every, like, repeatedly. It's like you said, I think you really hit on something that even when you have alone time, to, you don't have to think about what your kids are doing at right. that moment. Yeah. And, and, and what you should be doing or cleaning or the list of stuff to do. That's about you and recharging and refreshing. And, you know, and I, I, I love, for me, you know, the movies have always been my escape, uh, you know. Yeah. And, and, and for me to be able to go there and, and get the extra butter popcorn and the yeah. candy and the big soda. <laughs> and, and sometimes I fall asleep in the movie. <laughs> and that's totally fucking okay. Yeah. Because it's my quiet time away from everything. And, and I can focus on something that's not... But it's hard to even focus on the movie sometimes, yeah. you know? Well, and I think it's about forgiving ourselves if we get the time and it not being perfect. And right. forgiving ourselves from having to try over and over and over again at what we do with that time, right? Like, you know, I'm going to really get into sewing with my private time, right? And then you're like, I'm right. too tired to fucking do this, right? Maybe yeah. I, you bounce around a lot. It's okay. And here's the thing. You're doing a really good job, and I, I know how insane you feel at this moment, and you're doing a remarkable job just even voicing that and, uh, you know, keep voicing it uh, and keep, because the more you voice it, the more you're going to start saying, I actually deserve it and need it, and, and, and the time will open up for you. Okay, and, and when cry it, it out when you need to, yeah. right? Oh yeah, call the I mean, hotline. That, that that's purge, why. That's why we're I mean, here. Chemical but, things happen in your body when you purge through yeah. crying. That's good for you. That's so, right. Purge but, it out. It's okay. Oh yeah, fucking. You know, everybody knows. I just go outside and throw ice against the side of the house. Like <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. So you are doing a very good job. Amen. All right, Tempest. What? Yes. Did we? learn today. <laughs> I think we learned that we have zero uh, control over our kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, here's the lesson for me. And I don't speak enough to other parents. And, and I, there's something like this communal great experience when we get to chat and realize that we're not in this alone. Right. And, and, and I'm so, <laughs> I'm not happy that your child doesn't have friends, but I'm happy <laughs> that we got to talk about it, <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> and and it, it, honestly, it mean, you know, it, it makes me feel like, okay, I'm taking the right path. Maybe I'm doing the right thing or, or, you know, I'm at least learning from your experience too, that, that, you know, what your daughter's experiencing, my daughter may yet experience and. That, that's good. I, I don't think parents talk to each other enough. No, I agree. About, I agree. About these types of things. I agree. I think continuing to talk with each other and share your experiences is, and like, I, like I have a friend, she's got a son and, and uh, our kids are, are very good friends. Um, but like, She's having a totally different set of like, oh, these are things that we're kind of working on socially right now uh, with my kid versus what Katie Bell's going through. And that's also helpful to hear that like, okay, n not every kid is going through the same thing, but they're all going through something, right? Like, that's and exactly. Yeah. And, and that's important. And we're all, we're all doing a good job if we're asking and we're paying attention. And even if we can't 
fix it. And we're guys, we're not supposed to fix it. Okay, we really can't. No one really fixed it for us. Even those of us (laughs) with the best parents in the world, it didn't keep us from having to go through this. And we have to go through this. They have to go through this, whether we want them to. None of us wanted our kids to fall down, but they all did. Right. Like no one wants to have their heart broken. No one wants them to have a moment where they don't feel like they have a friend or their friend's a big asshole. But it's going to happen. And, you know, it, it. and that sucks. And that's the other takeaway. It sucks bringing having people that we care about in this world. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So I think those are strong takeaways. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> before before I uh, give uh, our lovely co-host a big thank you, I have to do one more announcement. And that is just to remind everybody that the One Bad Mother book is coming out. April 18th. That book is You're Doing a Great Job, 100 Ways You're Winning at Parenting. And again, Teresa and I worked really hard to just make this be about just that. We, we You're not alone. We share a bunch of super weird things that you're going to possibly find yourself in <laughs> and that you do probably feel you're the only person doing it. And guess what? You're not. And you're doing a good job. And again, we worked really hard to make sure that uh, it's not just one type of parenting experience uh, in this book, uh, because everybody got their kids in different ways. But none of that keeps you from not sleeping all night. (laughs) No matter how that kid showed up, you're probably cleaning poop out of a tub at some point in time. So yay for you. Uh, So again, April 18th, and you can pre-order really anywhere books are sold, guys. Uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. Go to your indie bookstore and say, I want to pre-order my, you're doing a great job. And that would be lovely. That would be nice. Tempest, thank you so much for joining me again. I am so happy that you were able to do this. Thank you. Well, thank you for the invitation. I I am a proud One Bad Mother t-shirt wearing honorary (laughs) mother. And and, uh, I've had a... uh, the best time talking to you. It's 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 a recharge for me, and, and I love it. So thank you for the invitation. Oh, well, thank you. Well, that's kind of what we hope to get out of every week is just a slight recharge uh, and somebody other than the immediate people in our lives who have to hear our sad stories every single day. Stephen, why can't I ever? Why don't I? Why am I not enjoying this? Anyway, uh, everybody, you are doing an amazing job. This is incredibly hard. And you're nailing it. And when you're not nailing it, you're getting really good at it. (laughs) We're all getting, every time we fail, we get better at it. So everybody, you're doing a great job. Tempest, Patrick, man of mystery, woman of of leisure, you are doing a remarkable fucking job. Thank you, my darling. So are you. Thank you. Give yourself and, the credit you deserve. Oh, I'll take it. Took me three years, but now I'll, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll shovel it on. I'll take it. Take me forever. But thank you, therapy, and doing the show every week. I'll take it. Everybody, next week, just a reminder, Teresa's going to be back for our very first uh, Max Fun Drive show. Uh, it's the time to donate and support One Bad Mother. And w- I get to finally say it after several weeks. We will talk to you next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues.
that's low down mama blues, got a low down mama blues, you know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Do you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show? Then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, got low down mama blues. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, got low down mama blues. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.